Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, welcome. What's going on, my friend? Well, you and I know what's going on. <laughs> Seems like a lot lately. To everybody listening, they, they may not know. Uh, I did post it on our Facebook and everything, so everybody should be aware. Uh, Kyle and I were graciously asked to join Redline Radio. Shout out to Dave for asking us to come and come aboard, and we accepted. Naturally, no-brainer. Seems like an awesome, awesome thing to do. Great people to work with. Uh, another shout out to Tim. He will be our producer, yeah. so get to know that name. Uh, we, we look forward to working with him. Met him today. Great guy. Can't wait for it, honestly. This is something that Kyle and I have been doing this podcast for a few years now. Uh, obviously, we have aspirations, and we had, I wouldn't even necessarily say goals. It was just more so a let's do it and just see what happens. And uh, My goal was just to hang out with a friend and talk sports. And that's exactly what we've done. And then, yeah. lo and behold, one thing leads to another. We were on their show on that Sunday night, the Steel Renegades. Yep. And, again, we, we made a great first impression. They asked us to come aboard, and... We obliged. Here we are. Yeah. First uh, first show for us, for them, is uh, what, February 9th? February 9th. It'll be a Wednesday. So our show will be Wednesdays. As as usual from, from last year, nothing's too, nothing's changing too much. It'll be more than likely bi-weekly, except for special occasions. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll do shows for special occasions like the draft, home openers. If, if something huge happens with a trade or a huge free agent signing, something like that, if we're supposed to be off and, and it works out schedule-wise, we'll, we'll go um where we have studio capabilities we'll be doing video on facebook it's going to be everywhere redline is so great i mean honestly i, I was blown away today when we met with dave and, and he went over everything that they have access to and have the capability to do yeah i mean like both our creative minds is kind of blue because it's like we've always we never had the capability of editing in videos or interviews or news stories or anything like that now it's like we have the opportunity to do whatever we want to and it's going to add so much more, many more layers to this show that we've never had before. Yeah, Kyle and I both, you know, we're both married. We work full-time jobs. We, we, we do the show as like a hobby almost. And it's all DIY. And so that's why we were, when they, when they told us like, yeah, send me in sound clips, send me videos, whatever you want to talk about, we'll get everything situated. I was like, this is shit that I dream about, but I usually think of it all while I'm at work. And I just don't have time to do it all myself. Right. So I, I've occasionally, for those of you that have listened, we, we come up with some things and we edit some shit and do do this and that. But uh, honestly, I, I can't. I couldn't be more excited. I'm 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 extremely excited to do this. Oh yeah, I mean I can't wait. The first show is going to be great to be on, be at live mm-hmm. in their studio um, <clears throat> with our producer, everything going off. So it's we're going to be pumping the shit out of that. We also got we're already booked to do a show. Um, in a, in a the, big the Piston Power Show the Piston, at the IX Center. Yeah, here in Cleveland, the, the one of the big facilities out here. We're going on live on a Saturday morning. Saturday the tenth, we'll be there from ten to eleven a.m. Second, or, or that's what I April second. Yeah, that's fine. I was thinking of the time. So, <laughs> April second from ten to eleven, not April tenth. Um, but yeah, we, we we're excited to do that as well. That should be really fun, and just really the the how great gracious everybody was. Like it's so nice. Like I. I I'm, I was blown away, honestly. Yeah, we. I mean, we didn't know exactly what we were getting into, but we did a lot of homework, and then it's kind of everything kind of like has been informative, and every every little thing we heard, it's like yes, 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 please, let's just let's get to, let's get this going, and now we have our our old producer 
Sean working on some things for us to help us kind of get our feet off the off the ground. So he's finally going to be worth the money we've paid him over these last couple of years. And his uh, his swan song, his parting gift. <laughs> but speaking of getting things going, let's get this fucking show on the road. We have a jam-packed episode of plenty to talk about. The football season has officially wrapped up. The Browns Thank finished. The Lord. I know it is. It almost feels like it's. It is. It, it's. Ha- I'm happy to have the season over as a Browns fan. I feel like it's dry. It's it's drug on way too long. They've they've added one extra week, and it feels like an extra two months. Truthfully, like the season should have ended a long time ago. I mean, obviously the Browns season ended weeks ago. That that Sunday when uh, Cincinnati beat Kansas City, the Browns season ended that Sunday two weeks ago. Oh, a little more than two weeks ago, and. Or no, a little less. I don't even know what fucking day of the week it is right now. But anyway, I digress. The Brown season was a shit show. I mean, they finished, what did they finish? Eight and nine? I yeah. think was their final record, eight and nine. Technically, mathematically speaking, third place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Even though the Ravens were eight and nine also, but because of the weird, like, tiebreakers and shit, we're technically third. So we it's have that the going bottom. for us. We're not in the basement. Victory. It's is all, it? It's all is happened. it? Yeah, well, no, it's sadly not. So we'll we'll talk all that. We'll wrap up the Brown season. Obviously, we have a, a we have plenty of time to get into everything with the draft coming up. Last episode, we did our pros and cons for some quarterbacks. We'll do that again probably next week or next episode. Uh, we'll keep that going. But again, we have we have a long time. The free agency doesn't start until till March. The draft isn't until uh, April. So plenty of time to get all this shit done to talk about everything, break it all down. We can break down the roster from top to bottom. Realistically, we can go over. Our, our wish list of free agents, as we do every year, we'll talk about that. Holes that the Browns need to fill. Uh, holes that they need to create by letting <laughs> some people go. I think most of you know who I'm talking about. One thing I want to I say right now is if, if you listen to Cleveland local radio or really probably any radio station that talks at, you know nationwide of sports, the Browns are probably a hot topic because there's so much scrutiny with them. There's the Baker Mayfield future. What is it? Is it, is it real? Will he be here? Or won't he? And their exit interviews or exit press conferences, I should say. Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski had some interesting things to say. A lot of it is, do you want to read between the lines? Do you think that they're truthful? Do you think they're being completely transparent? Or do you think they're just telling you what what you what they should say? They're very, being very PC about it. What are your thoughts? I, I think they're saying exactly what they need to say in the moment. I mean, you can't go out there and say, oh, no, I, I'm not sure if Baker's going to be our quarterback next year because what does that do for Baker's small dra- uh, trade value that he has? It throws it out the window. If you make it seem like he's the quarterback you're behind and you're going to bring him back and you're fully support it, then you're saying all the right things. Every team look at you and says, okay, well, clearly they have he has some value to them. Um, yeah, maybe when he's healthy, he's back to maybe a decent quarterback. He's feasible. He, he can get the job done kind of. But, no, I think you read into it exactly what I think most people have read into it, and it's like, ah, oh, it's just fucking bullshit that they're saying. So Yeah, I mean, you know me. I love coming up with analogies. And while you were talking, I just thought of one. Oh, what's your analogy? So my analogy for how they're treating the Baker Mayfield situation is this. Let's say, obviously, Kyle and I are married. We've been in our relationships a long time. But let's say you're, you're a guy that you're, you're dating. You're dating a girl. And things are okay, or but, guy, because there's nothing wrong. Yeah, with that. you could be. Yeah, you could be a girl dating a guy, a guy dating a guy, a guy dating a guy, a girl guy. I mean, anything. Um, a day. Whoever, okay. whoever your significant other is. Let's just say that you're you're thinking about get pick changing teams, and you want to find somebody else. So you don't go to your current 
mistress or, or not mistress, I'm sorry, you don't go to your current girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, and say, I think I'm going to go look for somebody else. Right. But let's stay together in case that goes south. Exactly. Like, you can't do that. So you have to just keep... I wonder if that's ever been successful in the history of dating. Probably slim, but... I need you to stay here. We're going to still do our thing, but I'm going to go look. I believe that's how swinging was invented. Oh, maybe. Yeah, so it maybe, had to start yeah. somewhere. Oh, okay. Maybe. That's true. So that's kind of how I look at it in this situation is the Browns are 1,000 and fucking 50% going to be looking for an upgrade at the quarterback position. I think Baker knows it. I think anybody with two working eyes that watched a Browns game this year know it. However... Maybe things just don't work out. Sure, the Browns would love to trade for Deshaun Watson. I'm I'm sure they would probably love to trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or who you know QB X Y Z whoever you want to throw in. Derek Carr, or, but if that asshole keeps winning games, or even he's sign not going anywhere. Maybe they want to sign somebody that's a, that's going to be a completely complete free agent. But maybe that player has ties with a coach in a different city, so he decides to go to this team instead. Or they, someone offers him a little bit more money than he's worth, and the Browns go, well, we're not paying that because we're analytically driven. So then Baker is your quarterback for 2022. I, I hope that doesn't happen. As I say this now on January, what is today, the 12th? 12th? As I say that on the 12th, I would obviously be fucking really furious if Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback for, for 2022. I've seen enough. I've seen four years. I, I'm sick of the excuses. Uh, I tweeted this the other day. Baker Mayfield, sure. He had a shoulder injury, non-throwing shoulder, and everyone used that as an excuse of why he was allowed to have a piss-poor season. Jimmy Garoppolo, who I would consider kind of even with Baker in terms of talent, like as a kind quarterback. Kind of a multiverse Baker Mayfield. He really is. They're, they're damn near identical, very similar players. He went out there with a torn ligament in his thumb on his throwing hand. Now, if anybody out there listening has ever thrown a football, how important is your thumb to throwing a football? You don't use it. You just use your palm of your hand and your fingers, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're throwing the knuckler. But <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo went out there with that torn ligament in his thumb against one of the better defenses in football, the Los Angeles Rams, won an amazing road game. I don't know if you watched it, but I mean. I watched some of it. I didn't watch it. They the came thing. back with like a, there was two minutes left. Niners get the ball. They have to go down the field and score a touchdown, a tie. And I'm thinking, no fucking way. I remember this vividly because that happened. I got in the shower. I was like, this game's over. No way. They had, like, no timeouts, two minutes left, had to drive down the entire length of the field and get seven points. No fucking chance. They did it. I get out of the shower, and I see that game's in overtime, and I'm like, what the fuck did I miss? Right. Jimmy Garoppolo went down on the road, won a, won a game, basically a playoff game. It was win, win or go home for them. Did it with a torn ligament in his thumb. He had two interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, right? He did. I mean, he wasn't so flawless. He, I just mean the game-winning part. When the game's on the line, right. but he was able point, to do it. Is that when Baker throws an interception, Baker's entire game just goes <clears throat> yeah. out the window. Because that's just the – it's like a dump truck dumping stone. The second one stone falls, the rest of them are far, they're not far behind. And interceptions are part of the game. Everyone does it. Patrick Mahomes you had, mentally a, handle had a career-high interceptions. But it's when you, when you throw them. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions – were, were not ideal. Like first quarter, second quarter. Yeah, yeah, first half, I think. But when they needed him to drive that team down the field in the fourth quarter and, and tie that game, he did it. They got the ball in overtime. Jimmy Garoppolo drove him down the field, won the game. Like, what more can you ask out of a guy? And Browns fans are going, well, obviously Baker sucks. He can't win games because he has, he has a bad left shoulder. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting Baker's injury in the slightest bit. However... You guys are using it as too much of a crutch. He is who he is. He's had a half of a good season in his entire four-year career. 
And to me, that's not enough to keep a guy. In any other sport, in any other league, whatever, when you have a four-year sample size on a player, that's when everyone starts to go, yeah, this guy sucks. Like, yeah. we need to move on. I mean, it's, it's, there's, I mean, everyone has to see the writing on the wall that there's a reason why he was not extended last year. Everyone else in the class of his or before him have been extended. Well, except <coughs> except Lamar Jackson, which I'm not sure what's going on with that. But I, I mean, I have my thoughts on that. We could talk about that. Fuck it. Um, it. It's because he's injury prone. Yeah, he's not an accurate quarterback. Uh, they have to resign him in though, the playoffs. Right? He chokes. Yeah, but they're not. I don't think they're they're not going to give him Josh Allen money. I think they realize that he is. He limits them. I mean, he's a great quarterback. Well, I take that back. He's a shitty quarterback, but he's a great playmaker. <laughs> So that's why he won an MVP. You can't discredit that. Do I think he really deserved it? Personally, no. I don't think he's that good of a football player. He He's a backyard-type player. Yeah. And as he's shown in his years of going to the playoffs, not that he chokes, but defenses just... Playoff defenses are different. You're going to see that this weekend. Playoff defenses are entirely different than what you see in the regular season. One team might game plan against the guy during the regular season, and they're like, fuck it, whatever. They, he, he had his way with us. Right. In the playoffs, teams shut Lamar Jackson the fuck down. And it's happened year after year after year. And I think the Ravens kind of understand that, that that they're kind of they've peaked essentially with Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. Do I don't think he's gonna get better as a pocket quarterback. The older he gets, the slower he gets, and now he has to then make up his lack of speed, his lack of running with more passing, which he's proven he can't do. Do you think that front office seeing the backup quarterback you have on that team, who's played pretty good? I mean, we've all commented that I would take him on the Browns. Do you think that that factors into the kind of value or money they're going to give him? Yeah, because it almost it almost shows, and it kind of goes same way with the Browns almost because it kind of shows you that you could plug in just about anybody, and you can move that offense pretty pretty easily. And I feel I feel like Huntley runs that offense the way that it needs to be ran. Yeah, I mean they have Mark Andrews, who, if I'm not mistaken, is a second round pick. Yeah, they have Hollywood Brown, first round pick. They had. Uh, Rashad Bateman, first-round pick this year, rookie. They have a lot of people invested, a lot of first-round picks invested in that offense uh, on the playmaker side. Their offensive line's trash. Running game, uh, J.K. Dobbins was a first-round pick, I think. So many injuries, though. Right, but I'm just saying. like Dobbins was a first-round pick, yeah. First or second, yeah, he was right there. So you have all these talented players they keep putting on offense, and they haven't been able to do much with it. I mean, they're a flashy team in the regular season, and then again, they get to the playoffs and it's pissed away. This year, obviously, those injuries crushed them. They should have never even won as many games as they did. But uh, I just, I don't know. For me, if I'm a Ravens fan, I legitimately would be worried about Lamar Jackson for my future. I think he's hit his peak. You you only get slower as you get older, and he doesn't have the arm strength like a Michael Vick to back that up. Right. So if teams make him stay in the pocket and become a pocket passer because he's less mobile, you've seen it. That's just who he is as a quarterback. So maybe, can't uh, do it. what do you think, like an 18, 19, 20 mil deal? three years i mean that would be that's that's about average uh, i think he would get more than that because again you look at a guy like kurt cousins kurt cousins has never been close to an mvp the guy's you know barely a pro bowler at times and he gets 30 something million dollars so lamar jackson's gonna get that money it's more so i think the issue is baltimore's not ready to go long term because the way lamar jackson plays he's one torn acl away from probably being out of the league mm-hmm uh, so they don't want to give him a, a you know a Mahomes ten year deal or a Josh Allen even what five year deal that the Bills gave oh, him okay. whatever yeah such good money for him but they don't want to give Lamar Jackson probably more than four or five years mm-hmm. maybe two or three with like the third year kind of being a team option you have to keep him around on s- small contracts because of his risk of injury 
So it's an interesting situation they're in. I mean, I, I hate the Ravens, so I hope they give them a fucking 50-year contract, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Uh, I just, I, I've never been a fan of the way he plays. I don't think that wins you Super Bowls. It's flashy. It's fun. Right. Great. Gets you great him. season stats. It gives you MVP yeah. awards. <clears throat> it um, helps the, the receivers. I mean, how many times does Mark Andrews just run a crazy route. Lamar Jackson scrambles. Mark Andrews turns around and just there's a ball. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's, it's not scripted. You can tell they don't practice that. Carried my fantasy team into it's into the playoffs. One hundred percent backyard football. Fun. It's great. It's going to get primetime games. People are going to love to talk about it. You're not going to win anything though. And the funny thing about that too is that he's legit betting on himself because he's his own agent. So he has no one negotiating for him in his corner. So he's legit just hoping he plays well. And that rarely works out for players. There was Russell no. Okung. A few years ago, he he was his own agent. There's been a couple other guys that represent themselves, and for the most part, they end up getting screwed. They sign these deals that are completely backloaded or, or front loaded. I'm sorry, so that they're easy to cut in a couple of years if they don't perform well. And teams are okay with that. I mean, we'll talk about it, but for the Browns, we have a lot of guys that I think the Browns are going to cut. That Browns fans aren't expecting to not be on this roster next year. Maybe they don't want to hear it. Like, uh, I don't think J.C. Treader's coming back. I, is he retiring or is he just no we're just not going to keep him he's going to want too much money yeah uh we have nick harris they drafted him in like the third round fourth round last year out of washington he was at the time when we drafted him he was our future center and i think he played well enough this year that he will be our center for the time for the future uh same thing with uh jack conklin jack conklin was a huge signing last year first first team all pro stud right tackle that injury that he suffered and the timing that he suffered it is going to cost him most of the 2022 season. That, that's huge. That's a huge miss. That's so sucks. unfortunately we do have to look to move on from him because you just he's he's not getting any younger. He's coming off that blown knee. He's going to miss most of this year. I think he's a guy that could be a cap casualty. I think Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, kudos for what he did. He he's gone. He turned the uh, the culture around. He he made people accountable. Uh, just hasn't been productive. He's not worth $16 million. No chance. Is he not productive because of who's throwing to him, or is he just not productive anymore? Because, <clears throat> I mean, he had a good game with Keenum as quarterback. It's it's interesting. It's it's almost one of those things of, like, if we had a better number one wide receiver, I think he could be, he'd be fine. Because Jarvis Landry's not a number one. He's you a slot lean, receiver. You can't lean on him. Yeah, He's a slot receiver, so you need a guy to, to draw a little attention. Then Jarvis Landry's going to, you know, kill the underneath game. It would be perfect for all that, but our offense just didn't have those playmakers. I mean... DPJ is not a number one. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, obviously, honestly, the way he looks at times doesn't even look like an NFL wide receiver. I want him to be great, but there's times where he his routes are terrible. He he can't track he the needs, ball. He needs to be the Jarvis we don't have. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I think development he could be fine. Maybe this year we're talking shit about him a little bit. We're a little down on him, and then next year he's going to be a stud because he is a burner. So maybe if we get a quarterback who doesn't have a hurt shoulder, who Plus can out throw the ball what, 20 six years. games this year? Concussion. Yeah, he had a con- that was huge, though. That concussion that cost yeah. you six weeks. Yeah. In the NFL, as a little wide receiver, you're only going to get hit harder. So I'm kind of worried he might have that thought in the back of his mind of if he's crossing over the middle, so he's not gonna well, I don't want another that. one. Yeah, so he, yeah. he might get alligator arms. And, you know, I, I, hope, I'm, I hope I'm just uh, projecting something that's not going to come true, but we'll see. Um, but, yeah, so Conklin could be a, a cut. You have, on the defensive side, I don't think Ronnie Harrison's coming back. We're losing a couple of guys. I could see, I think MJ Stewart's a free agent. I would like to have him back. We have a lot of guys that were on one-year contracts last year. You would want Harrison back? No. Uh, I like him. I wanted it to work out, but it seemed like he's either hurt 
or committing a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. Yeah, he had some weird penalties this year. And I'm over it. I'm, I'm, I liked him. <laughs> I have an autographed helmet of his sitting right over there. I I wanted him to be – we made that trade. It was awesome. I was yeah. excited. We needed the secondary help. But then when you go get John Johnson, Grant Delpit's now healthy. Uh, talk he can, about, he a, can talk about a guy who's going to come into his own here is Delpit, man. He showed some stuff at the end of the season. He did. He's got flashes. He has flashes of good and some real bad flashes. Yeah, but bad. I think that real bad flash is going to maybe get worked out the more he gets more playing time. I mean, granted, this is technically his rookie year, right? Right. So, I mean, he's going to get that stuff worked out. I, I think next year, with a full off season, comes in, he's going to do well. He's, I, I'm excited for his potential. Uh, he could growth. be great. His his biggest yeah. thing he needs to work on is tackling. He misses too many tackles. He just wants those big hits. You know? Yeah, and he's he's not big enough to do that in the NFL. So he needs to just learn how to wrap up. Right. Like at college, sure, you could take a guy's head off. It's fine. Um, but in the pros, they're a little bit bigger. So I think he just needs to focus on technique yep. and make the tackle. But yeah, I think there's going to be some huge changes. Not a not a roster overhaul like years prior, which is you know the nice thing for the Browns. <clears throat> Going into an off season, usually it's you go to the draft. It's what don't we need opposed to what do we need? But again, as, as time progresses, Kyle and I will break down the draft, what the, the Browns holes, uh, etc. But you know, obviously, quarterbacks the main the main position. That's something that if they don't figure that out, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about in terms of of Super Bowl aspirations. Yeah, I would assume they're already. He's probably already on the phone, making calls, inquiries, seeing what's available, what what's going to take to get certain people moved. I'm um, hoping he's calling a Texas number a lot. Uh, just my hope. Yeah, I think Andrew Barry is going to be very active. I think we're going to see a lot of moves, a lot of moves being made. I like the the smart, you know, one year prove it contracts we gave to some people. Some worked, some didn't. Uh, I know Javian Clowney is a name that I'm sure you would probably want back. I, I I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind him back because he did have a better season than most are giving him credit for, and I think it did help. But we need to bring him back and find someone that's going to be legit in the middle. Yeah, we need a defensive tackle in the worst way. We need a game disruptor. Obviously, Aaron Donalds don't grow on trees, but the Browns need somebody like that in the interior of the defensive line because look at, I, I use this analogy, not analogy, but this uh, this comparison last week, Cam Hayward for the Steelers, what he's able to do. I mean, Cam Hayward put up like 12 sacks right. this year or something like that. I mean, right. he had a great year. He's a hell of a football player. What he does, though, to help T.J. Watt is tremendous. Yeah. We don't have that on the defensive side for the Browns. So yeah, we, we I have need some fun facts for everybody we about Miles Garrett hit, hit us and T.J. Watt. Well, we'll get over that in a little bit. We'll hit the point. I got I have it listed there. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I'm don't. i not reading into too much of what the but Browns how much are is, saying. But how much is he going to ask, though? I mean, there's the thing. He's, he, he's going to ask for a decent amount. What is he willing to take a little bit less to come back to Cleveland? He has said he likes Cleveland. That's going to be the issue. Is he's going to have to take less, I think, regardless. I think it's just because Andrew Barry is a— Does he go out there and test the market and then come back, or do the Browns just— He might, but that's that's questionable for him because then he might end up on a shitty team yeah. because they're just going to be willing to pay him extra money, whereas the Browns, it's, hey, do you want to stay here? You have uh, camaraderie in the locker room. Obviously, there's hopefully a future with this team in, in terms of being a playoff contender— and a winning team, and he's not getting any younger. So my worry is, too, that he's looking for his final payday. So one-year, two-year deal? I would give him a two to three, three at most, and make that third year, you know, make it putable. Yeah, okay. So we'll see what Barry does. Barry's no dummy, super analytical. He's smart. He's, he's going to figure out this cap. He's going to work it in, in the ways he needs to do it. I wonder when Deep Test is flying in so they can have their 
um, what's what's it worth to us conversation? Uh, he'll probably he'll just Zoom. He doesn't even bother <laughs> flying anymore. He doesn't need the miles. He gets paid very handsomely to sit out in California. He's literally sitting on a beach in San Diego running the Browns, essentially. And they send him over just one day's worth of stats. He goes through them all and breaks it down, and he's done for the year. He's got nothing but time, so it's not like it's hurting him. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, so one thing we wanted to do here before the playoffs start up, we did before the season started, we did our predictions on who we thought were going to win awards now the season's officially over do we, do we have what we wrote down and mm, I'd, I'd have to look that up i really don't remember i think i did my mvp is the same defensive player is different offensive player uh not even close i don't remember who i picked but it's not him offensive rookie of the year i did not pick nope. him uh defensive player i also not comeback player i don't think we did and then i don't think we did coach either so we'll break down i'll i'll I could be mistaken, but when, when I thought I, you did pick him, because you've been high on him since the draft, possibly. I thought you did pick him. I mean, I maybe I wrong. maybe I did. I don't know. I'd have to go back but, and listen. But, but but this was but this one this one yes that never no, changes. No no maybe no no. So we'll start off with MV, MVP. MVP penis. Got it. Let's go. Not yet. That's coming. Um, <laughs> we got literally. A, we have we have to ask our our new our new gracious guest if we're allowed to talk about that. We're allowed to talk about anything. All Just right. A couple <laughs> couple George Carlin dirty words we're not allowed to say, and MVP penis is definitely a game that will be happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so MVP of the season. I think before the season started, I'm 99 sure I picked Aaron Rodgers, and I'm sticking with that. I think he's going to win the MVP. He had a great year. I, I think. Not only were they the number one seed in all the football, uh, Aaron Rodgers missed a game. They lost. Their offense looked lost. Jordan Love looked like he'd never played football before. And that just shows you how important Aaron Rodgers is. It's like he literally wrote the MVP-like script. Yeah. Like, I'm the most valuable player. I'm going to prove it. I'm not going to play. Oh, now you need me back. And, like, what happens? And then I'm going to sit out against Detroit for the half. And you guys are going to choke and lose because I'm not out there. How bad did Jordan Love look? I mean, just, I was watching the game on my phone, like on the ESPN.com, just watching like the, the game cast or whatever it's called. <clears throat> and all I, all I, every time he dropped back, all it said was Jordan Love intercepted. I'm like, what the fuck? Is that all this guy does? Does he, is he colorblind like Baker? Keeps throwing to the wrong team? Those mm-hmm. two have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, he did not look good. It's not looking promising. I mean, I get it. He's only in year two. He's going to have probably another year or two to sit behind Rodgers, or he's going to have to request a trade and get the fuck out of there because uh, Aaron Rodgers is still top of the game can do no wrong so he's my pick i think he's winning mvp what say you yeah i think it's i mean i think beginning of the season it came down my pick was brady i believe was i thought brady was going to probably i don't remember uh, because it was between him and brady last year but no i think i think a rod takes it um if anyone does not take takes it over over a rod would be brady those are probably the two now there's a local guy who does a show here and he's ironically enough I'm sure everyone will know who it is when I say this, but he's a New Yorker who oh, is a Bengals fan. He, and I'm not kidding, I haven't listened to the show since he said this because I was so infuriated with how stupid of a take this was. He said his vote for MVP is Joe Burrow. And people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, look at his last few weeks. Look what he did with this Bengals team. He was able to get him to the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. He probably said it a little bit louder. Like, oh, oh yeah. He, was, he, did, he did preface it, though, by saying, like, you know, maybe I am just blinded by my being a fan. but He's colorblind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see collars. I'm colorblind. <laughs> he, uh, 
he did preface it though by saying like you know I'm a Bengals fan so maybe I am not seeing things clearly. But even though the fact that he would put that take on the radio, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So yeah. I changed the station. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow had a decent season. Will Joe Burrow be MVP candidate in the years to come? Absolutely. More than likely. Yeah, he's looking that way. That, that, this is not the year, This though. year, though? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I mean, that was crazy to me. Uh, all right. So then we get to defensive player of the year. And this is where I'm going to break down some patented Greg Sherwood fun we facts should, We for should you. End, the, end it on defensive player. You, you do that? Yeah, let's end it on that because that has a whole, that's a close pick to us, That's too. true. That is true because so, I, I have some points. Yeah, so let's end it with that because you got the facts. Let's jump ahead to the uh, offensive players. Offensive player of the year. Again, I don't think Kyle and I even picked this one. And if who, we did. Who the fuck would pick this guy beginning of the season? No one thought. I don't know. I don't even remember who I would have picked. Um, but Cooper Cup, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. The the funny thing is, I'm looking up the Vegas odds for it, and if you look up the Vegas odds for these picks, could you? It would have been nice to get in the prop swap beginning of the year and just buy like the ticket and then sell it right now. Yeah, it's probably going for a shitload of money, but uh, they actually have uh, Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor neck and neck for offensive player of the year. Yeah, they are both. I believe it because Jonathan Taylor's had one hell of a season. Man. He really has, but to me, and you know, I'll, I'll be giving away my pick here when I say this. Yeah, they're both minus one ten uh, odds. But for me, Jonathan Taylor had a good year, but it wasn't record breaking. It was it was good. Yeah, they didn't even make the playoffs. It was nothing special. Cooper Cup was a triple crown winner. That doesn't happen very often. He led led the league in yards, receptions, and touchdowns. Who's the last person to have that? Was it Jerry Rice? I think or Randy Moss. I thought it was Calvin Johnson. Oh, it was Calvin Johnson. That's right. Because it was who was his quarterback? Matthew Stafford, a guy Weird. who uh, is pretty pretty good. And and to all you Browns fans out there that don't think the grass can get any greener. Uh, the Rams managed to upgrade their quarterback in an offseason, and he's doing okay. Yep, just, I, I think just okay. I think they're happy with their pick because the guy that they used to have is has the number one pick coming up. <laughs> so for you Browns fans, I think Baker Mayfield is the end-all, be-all. Just take a look around the NFL. Uh, but anyway, so back Cup, to the pick. What a, what, a, what a hell of a year. Yeah, Cooper Cup, in, insane season, just dynamic player. And, and the crazy thing, too, is they lost Cam Akers, the running back, for a lot of the year. They lost... Uh, Daryl Henderson, the running back in the preseason, he got hurt. I think it was Henderson, wasn't it? They lost it? another receiver at the beginning of the year, too. Yeah, well, right right after they traded for Beckham, they, they lost... Um, uh, Wood, right? Yeah, Woods. Robert Woods. Yeah. So they've dealt with a shitload of injuries. Cooper Cup took it all in stride, didn't miss a beat, put up a hell of a year, a year that we'll never forget. And, and also props to Cooper Cup for bringing up the fact that he broke it in 18 games and the other guys only had 17 to do it. Yep. Or 16, I'm sorry. He did it in 17. He uh he he admitted that he acknowledged it. He said what those guys did, they did in less games. So yeah. it kind of feels wrong to break all these records. But at the end of the day, he didn't make the decision to go to an extra game. Right. The NFL he did. He played what games were so in front exactly. of him. Exactly. Yeah. He did what he had to do. He did his job. He did it well. So for me, the offensive player of the year, in my opinion, is a no brainer for Cooper Cup. Again. Hell of a season for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I could see it going either way, but I think Cooper Cup needs to be. I, I would be shocked also because they didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, that was a fucking embarrassing performance. You you want to be offensive player of the year? Then when you're on when you're on the goal line against Jacksonville in a must win situation, you get in the end zone. How do they lose that game? They stuffed oh him. Oh my god! Um, but no, I think I think Cups I think Cups gonna win that one for sure. I do too. Uh, offensive rookie of the year going into the season again. I don't remember who the fuck we picked. Uh, I'm too I can't lazy. Even think of any big rookies that we thought were gonna have a great. I'm too year. lazy to go back and look. I think if anything, I just assumed it would be a quarterback. So I probably picked Trevor Lawrence. Honestly, more than likely, that's who I probably picked. Um, the two guys that ended up in the list are two guys that I would not have suspected at all. Uh, the two guys currently 
in well one of the two are is someone to um we thought couldn't catch footballs to begin with yeah the first guy he needed a white stripe on the football in order to see it yeah and the second guy i didn't think would even really last in the nfl let alone be a contender for for rookie of the year and we're talking of course of jamar chase for the Bengals and mac jones for the patriots both of those two mac jones was running away with this thing mid-season and then he hit a wall. He's been kind of figured out. Miami especially. I mean. They've owned him. They they, they owned him. Um, Buffalo's figuring him out too. Most teams have figured time, him out. At I the mean, wrong time. Go back even to the Colts game. He looked yeah. like shit. Uh, that was almost a month ago. So Mac Jones and the Patriots offense has kind of been figured out. Obviously they're run dominant. And we'll see probably a lot of smash mouth football this weekend. Which I love playoff football. I can't wait to get into that in a little bit. Um but Jamar Chase is the odds-on favorite, minus 250. Second place, Mac Jones, plus 200. So that means they think Jamar Chase is going to kind of run away with this thing, and I don't disagree. He set the Bengals' uh, receiving record. He put up some incredible rookie numbers that will probably won't be touched for some time. Uh, the chemistry between him and Burrow is insane. I didn't think it would click this fast at this level. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow in year two, Jamar Chase in year one. That offensive line, I just thought, he doesn't have time to throw him the ball. Right. And lo and behold, he doesn't need a lot of time to throw him the ball. The cool thing that I've seen about Jamar Chase's game is that he doesn't rely just on 100% his speed. He has good route running ability, sure. and his his hands are amazing. He makes people miss that he's, yeah, he's, he's very great elusive. hands. Like He's gone up above taller cornerbacks to get balls before. Yeah. He's made people look stupid, you know, and, and hats off to him. He's had a hell of a year. Yeah, great player. Uh, I hate that he's in our division and in our conference. Um so he can go fuck himself. I mean, but I mean, we all laughed at that pick last year at the draft. I did. I mean, at the end of the day, too, their, their offensive. Joe Burrow took a fucking beating this year. Oh, I, yeah. And in their final game against Kansas City that he played, he he got banged up. He hurt his leg a little bit. He come off a little limping. He claims he's okay. He said if it were a regular season game with, you know, shit on the line, he would have played against Cleveland last week. And he didn't. But, I mean, one little nagging injury, as we've seen with, uh, with, with, with old six – is he, I don't know, he, uh, it's going to be hard to survive if you're Joe Burrow behind an offensive line. I'm guessing the top priority for Cincinnati is going to be uh, figuring out that offensive line situation because they were piss poor. They were bottom of the NFL. Joe Burrow took a ton of hits. Luckily, he's tough, but coming off that injury, not looking good for the future. Next up, we have Defensive Player of the Year, and... There is literally not even a reason to bet because you will win nothing, and it is a fucking lock. Micah Parsons is running away with this thing. He is. You ready for this? He is minus ten thousand, according to Vegas. So you'd have to bet ten thousand dollars to win a hundred. Pretty sure that's how that works. What was the odds again? Minus ten thousand. Okay. So there is no money to be made if you bet Micah Parsons because it's a lock. And second place, Patrick Sertan. Plus nine hundred. Jesus. So there is no money to be made if you're. He's had a beast of an incredible season. I mean, no lie, Micah Parsons not only is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, he will be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, and rightfully so. Yeah. The sky is the limit with him. I I don't know if he was my pick going into this because I'm not gonna lie, I was skeptical on him. A I thought bit. it was because you really wanted him as in a brown Browns uniform. I did for us, but for the Cowboys, I didn't think it was a good fit. I thought they needed some other things. I didn't think they would turn their defense around the way that they did. Their defense did a complete 180. Um, I don't know. I just I didn't have high expectations for Parsons in Dallas, and he's turned into be so. 
He, I mean, he could play every position. He's elusive. They, they've put him at linebacker. They've had him pass, uh, rush the passer. They've had him in coverage. He's done a little bit of everything, and, and he's been great at all of it. Yeah. Just has a nose for the football, smart football player. They got themselves a fucking steal with that guy. So, yeah, he's he's running away with this thing. It's not even going to be close. I'm yeah, guessing, I mean, that's I'm guessing much, you know that, too. Yeah, it's pretty much locked up, yeah. But then, then again, we didn't. I didn't pick him at the beginning of the year. I think I put. I think I picked Patrick Sertan at the beginning of the year. You might have, yeah. I think I thought him for sure, but he's had a good season too. But he did. I mean, yeah, that's why he's second place. That, it's just it's not, not good. as good. All right, next up is comeback player of the year. Again, I don't think you and I did this. I don't think we we, we guessed. Why do you have Antonio Brown written down? That's crazy. That's for 2022, oh, 2023 season. Comeback, got it. Yeah, there we go. It will be. Get Come, released from the, the comeback and leave player of the year, mental institution player of the year. <laughs> he, uh, or not he, but uh, this is an interesting one. So I'll just go over the list of who Vegas has as the top contenders okay. right now, and then we'll, we'll make decisions. They have their favorite. I'll start from the bottom, actually. Carson Wentz at plus 10,000. <clears> There's <throat> my patented burp. Carson Wentz plus 10,000. Nick Bosa plus 6,500. Joe Burrow plus one hundred and ten, and Dak Prescott minus one forty. So they have Dak Prescott as the favorite to win Comeback Player of the Year, which is kind of surprising because Dak Prescott was nagged with injuries last year, came back this year, and I mean he broke his ankle. It was pretty fucking morbid when you saw it on TV. Like that thing oh, was God. that thing was done. It was about it just as bad as who broke their ankle on the Cavs season over a couple years ago. Um, oh, that was uh, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. God, that was Celtics. too. Yep. That was back when the Cavs were, you know, coming off a championship, I think. Yep, because that was a big uh, rivalry Huge. Game. I remember that game. Yeah. It was the first game of the year. Um, but, yeah, so Dak Prescott fucked his ankle completely last year. Came back this year. Was questionable to even start the season because of his nagging injuries. Played played fine. I mean, he had a good year. I mean, the offense was legit. I mean, they had a good offense this year. He moved yeah, the ball. He didn't make many mistakes. They um, were good. Uh, my only thing, though, is... And I'll spoil my pick here. I'm going Joe Burrow. I just think yeah. Joe Burrow came back from his injury so much faster than anticipated and got the shit kicked out of him, as I said and his before. his injury was pretty bad, too. Yeah, it was It was really bad. And an ACL, breaking your ankle, they're both terrible. But Burrow's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, happened well after Dak Prescott's. Yeah. So he had way less recovery time. And, I mean, a broken ankle, the way he did it is well, fucked up. Well, he tore his ACL and MCL at the same time. Like, exactly. His knee got completely fucked. His injury, like, his leg was damn near dislocated. Yeah. Like, there was a chance he could have been uh, out of the NFL forever. Correct. Like, it could have been a season-ending yeah. injury or career-ending injury. He came back, and he played great. He got Cincinnati into the playoffs. I think that speaks volumes for him. I think my personal vote would be for Joe Burrow. So, at plus 110... I would think about putting a little cash on that because you might actually make something. He might be the underdog that comes ahead. Yeah. So they got you said Prescott's the favorite right now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I think Joe Burrow's a great choice. I think Prescott's also a great choice. But don't get me wrong. If he gets it, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think what Joe Burrow did with with his talent, and again, he's coming on coming off a shit season. Yeah. Where they had the number one overall pick and took right. Joe Burrow. He came to the NFL. They were okay, and then they had a shit season. They had the top five pick again. Whereas Dallas's offense has been great. I mean, they have. C.D. Lamb, a first-round pick. You have Ezekiel Elliott, a top-five pick. You have Amari Cooper you traded for, a first-round pick. Your offensive line's full of first-rounders and, and all-stars and pro bowlers. So Dak Prescott coming back and playing well is kind of just expected with that talent around him. Joe Burrow coming back as early as he did and playing well and making the playoffs is, for me, that fucking that, that blows Dak Prescott out of the right. water, in my opinion. Right. No, I think um, I think it's a good, solid choice. Plus, the other thing that goes with Joe Burrow is that none of us expected him to have a um, we all thought he'd play well this year because he's just a good quarterback, but we never expected him to put the numbers he did this year. 
I mean, he his his numbers, the way he threw the ball, the way he's been moving that offense. I mean, he's 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 going to be a dangerously good quarterback for years to come. So yeah, that's a good choice. I'll, I'll go with the Burrow thing too. It's that's a good pick. Yeah, so that's that's my pick for for comeback player of the year. And then last, before we get into defensive player of the year, we'll do coach of the year. This one I'll go over the list also. So we have Cliff Kingsbury at the bottom at at plus five thousand. You have Frank Reich in Indianapolis plus five thousand. Nick Sirianni at plus four thousand for Philadelphia. Bill Belichick, obviously we know him. The Hood at plus four thousand. Matt Lafleur, no relation to Peter from Dodgeball. He is at plus three fifty. Zach Taylor for Cincinnati is plus two fifty. And Mike Vra- Mike Vrabel of the Titans is the favorite minus one eighty five. Yep. And that's my pick, Mike Vrabel, mostly because Zach Taylor's probably going to get a lot of talk because he took the Bengals to the playoffs after having the fifth overall pick. So that's impressive, sure. However, I think voters are going to look at that and go, well, did the Bengals turn into a playoff team or did the rest of the AFC North just underachieve? And to me, that's what happened. Obviously, the, the Ravens had more injuries than any team in football, I think, and they probably would have won the division if healthy. The Browns would have probably come in second place if they had a competent quarterback. And just the, the, the jabs. It's easy. They're so easy. <laughs> and then uh, Cincinnati was probably projected to kind of battle with Pittsburgh as the bottom of the AFC North, maybe maybe flutter around 500. And sure, kudos, they made the playoffs. But again, it's not the same feeling as like Stefanski last year. Taking the Browns to the playoffs is incredible because the Browns have been such a shitty franchise for so long. That's incredible. That's yeah. impressive. Zach Taylor doing it. I mean, just a few years ago, Marvin Lewis was taking them to the playoffs with the Red Rock and Andy Dalton. So, congrats on your playoffs. However, Mike Vrabel lost easily the best player in football in Derrick Henry for most of the ah, season. He's overrated. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he missed like eight weeks, and he still finished like top seven in rushing yards. That's fucking insane. He missed almost half the well, season. Well, I mean, so it begs the question. if I mean, if you don't have Derrick Henry, you can just slot anybody in there. So is Derrick Henry really that good, or is he just a product of the of the offense that's ran? Considering their offense struggled so much, uh, I think it's safe to say Derrick Henry is that good. So I just wanted to sound like one of those people, you know. Yeah, it was your attempt at being Skip Bayless. Um, but no, Derrick Henry, losing him for, for so long was, was crazy. I thought for sure Tennessee was fucked. As soon as that happened, right. I was like, they're done. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, shout out to him. He kept them afloat. They had the number one seed in the AFC. Uh I almost feel like Matt LaFleur should be heavily considered for it because he's yet to win a coach of the year, and he just consistently wins. He's got the highest winning percentage for a three-year coach in NFL history, but he has Aaron Rodgers, and I think a lot of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, etc. So that's unfortunately why Mike uh, Matt LaFleur will not win coach of the year while Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback, more than likely. Yeah, I think it's going to be Zach Taylor or Vrabel. I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor does win, though, just because the Bengals story is a big story. But yeah. I, I do like your arguments against it. I just think Vrabel with Derrick Henry and what he's been able sure. to do with Tannehill. They, they, they traded for Julio Jones. That was a huge bust of a trade. Even A.J. Brown missed most a lot of games this year. He's injury-prone. So they've dealt with a lot. And to, to get the one seed like they did, I—, I I'm not going to lie to you, that was the shock, most shocking thing of this season was Tennessee finishing first in the I AFC. I for sure I thought that was a Kansas City thing to lose. Kansas City or Buffalo for yeah, me, yeah. that's crazy. Going to be interesting, though. So, yeah, that's my pick there. And now we'll get to the bread and butter. Defensive player of the year. <sighs> so my vote, 
is going to go to TJ Watt just because the numbers are there. They're going to go off the data. He tied Michael Strahan's sack record all time. So kudos to him. Shout out, blah, blah, blah. I love the fact that his first sack of the game, that game, uh, they took it away. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I was like, yes, they're fucking with them. <laughs> so before I read into what I'm reading, who is your, who's your, who's your pick? I mean, it's been, it's been Miles Garrett the entire season. But I feel like people don't care about overall performances. They just look at stats. And so, they're, I mean, I guess that's, yeah, you're supposed to look at stats. But I just feel when you go back and watch, if you watch every game of TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett, I feel like Miles Garrett has the harder route to every quarterback. And I just feel like he's a better overall player. But you know what? Con- congratulations. You had all the sacks. Ha- ha- good, 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 good for you, I guess. Now let's dive deeper into what Kyle said. Yeah. So this is a Twitter thread from Sam Morrison of, or I'm sorry, Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. He is their lead NFL analyst, and he's kind of addicted to this kind of shit. So let's get into detail on what he said about the whole thing. He said, TJ Watt tied the sack record and missed time doing it. So why does Pro Football Focus have Miles Garrett with a better grade on a first team and on first team all pro over him? Number one, the sack total is closer than it looks. Half sacks are screwing Garrett. He sacked the quarterback 18 times. Remember, NFL divides up sacks not because they believe they're qualitatively worse plays, just to make the box score add up. Number two, opportunity as a pass rusher is huge in several ways. Garrett played the Steelers twice. Big Ben's average time to throw the season, 2.2 seconds. Gets rid of the ball quick as shit. First meeting, Garrett gave Dan Moore Jr. a pass, a pro football focus pass blocking grade of zero, but only had four pressures because Ben just got rid of the ball. So Garrett dominates, but guys just got rid of the ball. The difference between Watt and Garrett's sacks could easily be two games versus Roethlisberger. You can see these unrealized pressures plays on tape. We track them. Winning rush reps, but the ball's gone before QB can feel pressure. Garrett has 56. Watt has 26. Wow. So Garrett's killing it. It's just quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball. So he's doing his job perfectly. He's beating his man. He's making pressure. But the quarterbacks just get rid of it. Whereas for TJ Watt, he has a better secondary, better defense overall. I mean, just Cam Hayward also making a quarterback second guess where he can step up in the pocket. Gets more sacks for TJ Watt. Uh, The next one. Garrett's pass rush win rate significantly higher. 25.7% versus 21.4%. So he wins his pass rushing, you know, five more percent almost than than TJ Watt, which is huge. Number four. I hope the juicy stats coming up. Fewer of his pressures were cleanup plays and a much lower percentage. Number five, the missed games matter. Garrett played every game. He's going to get credit for that. Bottom line, both guys had elite seasons. Their pro football focus grades are both fantastic. Both guys are over 90 as a rushers. Watt had more splash plays. Garrett had more winning pass rush reps. On balance, the edge goes Garrett when tallying up all plays. And he put, I'm sure Steeler fans are now convinced. I love that ending. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to know the amount. I would love to know the stat on the amount of double teams and triple teams or chips or checks or whatever each player gets on the team. Because I can guarantee you that our quarterback never called one chip or check against uh, TJ Watt when they played. He had a rookie, um, basically a rookie lineman going against T.J. Watt with no help, no other protections, nothing slid over whatsoever. On the other hand, Miles Garrett gets held, 
triple team, double teamed the entire game, but still has those stats to get to a quarterback. And we're one of the lowest uh, percentage blitzing teams in football. We pretty much just go. Oh, they four, rely heavily on the line. Four man on the line. Them. That's yeah. it. You make pressure. That's, that's how it. we play defense. If you the send, Steelers are a huge blitzing team. If you team. send heavy blitzes, of course Watt's going to get more freedom yeah. to get to you. But those don't, those don't matter though. Those no, don't no. Who cares about that? Um, so yeah, so um, TJ Watt's going to win Defensive Player of the Year because he tied the record. But uh, this guy from Pro Football Focus, who has no ties to the Cleveland Browns, he is just a an unbiased middle of the road guy that just does this shit for I'm a living. I'm curious his um, <laughs> um, replies. Did he get lit up? Oh, big time. I mean, you could sit there and read them all. And he basically <laughs> just explained to people, he's like, you know, we break it all down, you know, specifically, and that's how we came up with everything. So it was awesome. Really cool to read that. Really funny to see TJ Watt kind of get shit on a little bit. Right. Speaking of the Steelers. Oh, boy. Nothing crazy. You know it already. This is not breaking news. They made the fucking playoffs, and I just I can't wrap my head around that still. How funny was it, though, that they almost didn't make it to the playoffs? That that Sunday night game the, the literally came within five seconds of being a fucking tie. Smallest chance ever. And that's all it would have taken for the Steelers to not make the playoffs. You saw Chase Claypool on, on Twitter going, oh, no, not this way. Right. I would have loved it. I mean, how fitting because right after the, the Steelers won and the Colts lost – Steeler players, ex-Steeler players were, were tweeting, talking shit about the Browns, just saying how Big Ben's always going to be the dad of them. Like, you know, the Ravens suck, the Browns suck. They were just talking all the shit. And how fitting I would have felt so good if they missed the playoffs after talking all that shit because of such a rare occurrence. A fucking tie is barely happening in football. Right. Maybe you get one or two a right. year, if that. I feel that's, like that's the football crazy. guys are talking and saying they didn't want they didn't want you to play. And the best part would be because the reason they would have missed it was because they tied against the the Lions. Yeah. If Ben played, probably they do win that game. I'm, I'm I'm guessing. However, if they would have missed the playoffs because of a tie, because of two other teams, it was completely out of their hands. Here's, here's my uh, question to you: How did the teams? How did those teams in overtime not just say, "Look"? Let's just fucking kneel this shit out because who cares? We're both going to the playoffs then. I think, honestly, I think competitiveness just just plays in because as a head coach in the NFL, you want your team to go out there and win. You want your guys because, sure, you could tie and you guys both make the playoffs, but then you might also have half the locker room that's really against that going, well, what the fuck? I don't want this guy as my head coach. Why doesn't he want to win? He doesn't have a killer instinct. Like, what if we get to the Super Bowl and – you know, we need him to fire us up. He's out here tying a division rival just to just to get into the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I would feel I wouldn't like that as a player personally. I think it would have been a cool story I, as an I, outsider. I thought for sure that they were going to just let it run with unless that timeout was called. Like, I saw I think, the story, but I, I for sure thought I think the Raiders were going to call a timeout and they were going to attempt a very long field goal. I don't think they were just going to sit on the ball. Yeah, personally. Because uh, I think that after they called the timeout, Josh Jacobs ran and got like five yards. So it helped their, their field goal uh, yards a little bit. But I also just think they were going to go for it. And Daniel Carlson's got a cannon for a leg, especially at home inside a dome. He was going to make the kick regardless, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't believe that they were going to sit on it and just say, fuck it, let's both go to the playoffs. For me, that's crazy because the Raiders and Chargers are division rivals. So that's like if the Browns were playing the Steelers or... Browns, Bengals, whoever, anybody in the division game, if they said, hey, if you guys just tie, you both get into the playoffs. Do you really want to tie with the Steelers and help them get into the playoffs? Or do you want to say, fuck that, win and get into the playoffs? Right. Keep them out. I'm sure that a lot of that had to do with it. If it wasn't a divisional game, maybe they would have done it. But I, th- I think division games, there's so much on, at, at stake on that. 
I, I honestly did think, though, they were going to tie. I'm like, There was a clip. I don't know if you saw it. Somebody, I forgot who it was, one of the players from the Raiders was talking to Austin whispered, Eckler. It said something. And, and everyone was like, oh, this is where he told Austin Eckler we were just going to run the ball clock out. And he was yeah. like stunned when he heard that. Because I really don't think most of the players expected that. You don't think NFL teams are going to say, ah, fuck it, who cares? Right. At the end of the day, it's all about winning. That's that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with the way it ended. It sucks. I would like to see Kansas Justin City Herbert gonna, make it. Justin... Uh, Kansas City is going to railroad them anyways Sunday night. So, uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. I thought, I yeah. thought you were talking about the Raiders. No, I was, I was about like, Pittsburgh. wait, no, they're playing. Uh, no, I think the, I think the Bengals. Raiders have a decent chance to pull a sneaky victory off. I think they lost to the Bengals earlier this season, if I'm not mistaken. They did, but I, I think, I don't know, Raiders seem to be on a different level right now. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, Derek Carr, he's a good quarterback, especially the last few years. Yeah, he's keep only winning, gotten better. asshole, and now we can't. No chance. Your values making it harder for them yep. to want to let him go. In my opinion, uh, we'll see what happens. Though we'll we'll break down those games here in a little bit. Uh, around the NBA, uh, nothing really too crazy happening there. We have we're getting a little closer to the trade deadline. Nothing. No one's really making any moves yet. Obviously, the, the Cavs acquiring Rondo. He made his Cavalier debut last Friday. I think he's fitting in perfectly. Fitting in just fine. Um, the veteran, I, as I said, when, when we heard about that trade initially, I said, he's going to replace Rondo perfectly. He's a vet. He, he could move the ball. Great player champion. Uh, and he's doing just that. It looks good. My concern with the Cavs though, is they're having trouble finishing. They come out of the gate strong and then it's... they almost pissed away. Like I was the game that he got hurt in even, uh, Ricky Rubio against the Pelicans. We started off, we had like a, a 19 point lead in the first half and we lost the game. Uh, against the Sacramento Kings on Monday night. We went out to like a 15, 10 to 15 point lead. I forgot exactly how much it was. I fell asleep. I'm not going to lie because it was a West Coast game. And I woke up and saw we won by one point. And it's because we had to play defense. They had the last shot and could have won it. So definitely need to work on finishing. Basically what I heard was Rondo went into the huddle after the Kings were about to inbound. And he told the Cavs like, this is it. Step the fuck up. We need one more stop. And he did. They did. So yeah, it's a it's better great that he's already that working. Yeah. yeah, he's already a voice in the locker room. That's huge. He's been there a week. So and they play tonight. They play the Jazz tonight. They do, which we have not had good luck. But Utah is kind of in a little bit of a skid. The thing I heard a stat today says we have not won in Utah since 2014. Correct. Yeah, crazy. We have not won there since 2014. I think the the Jazz are on like a three game losing streak or something like that. So you know, always always a chance. Sunday night, however, the Cavaliers did play the of course. Clay Thompson had to make his big uh, triumphant debut back to the NBA, and it had to be against the Cavs. I thought we were going to win. We played well for three quarters. Uh, they're just a little too good. I think we 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 have too many injuries. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Cavs because, as you as I said a couple of weeks ago, to me, no such thing as moral victories anymore. Sure. Uh, I, I'm against them. I think if you're a team with no expectations, sure, you could have a moral victory here and there. But as a team like the Cavs, who came out as well as they did, you're you're legitimately a playoff team. I think. I think There's everyone's no taking victories. the Cavs serious too, which is great. I think yeah. we're no longer like the oh no, LeBron Cavs are not they're a joke. I legit think that um, people are starting to take this team serious because we do have a legit team. We have a very good um, a basketball team that I I believe, <coughs> given the right setup and matchup in the playoffs, could possibly make it out of the first round. Absolutely. I mean, Dan Gilbert and Colby Altman and... By the way, who's now the uh, VP of... Uh, yes, he's uh, he got a promotion, a title change. He got a, a contract extension. Whatever, yeah. uh, J.B. Bickerstaff got his extension on Christmas Day. So this this it looks like this organization is going to be intact for quite some time, and, and they're happy with it, which is funny because I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. It doesn't happen often, but but I will when I am. I, 
I was anti Kobe Altman. I think we both were. We Most just, people we in Cleveland, honestly, yeah. he was making decent draft picks. The players were exciting to watch, but I was looking at him more so as somebody has to score. Even on the worst team in basketball, somebody's got to be the best player on that team. Who's the best GM in Cleveland? Um, because I, I was thinking about this the other day because I, I feel like Cleveland has a every team in Cleveland sports team has a good GM. It's hard to say because I, when you look at baseball, I don't know how much like there's so many layers to a baseball general manager right. because you have your minor league farm system, you have your international drafts and shit. So for baseball, I, I can't go with the Guardians, but we do have a great farm system. I'll give the Indians that Guardians, Indians, whatever. I'll give them that credit because they do consistently find this talent that's like a fifth round pick, a guy you've never yeah. heard of, like Jose Ramirez, like a Shane Bieber, these guys that just turn into great players. So... You have that going for you there, but again, it's just also hard because with with baseball, when you have a draft, you could be picking top ten. You take a guy, he's not going to see the big leagues for five years. Right. So football and basketball, you have to draft an impactful day of player. That guy needs to come in, especially the first few rounds for for football. Those guys need to be day one starters for the most part and immediately impactful players. So when you look at how they've done, I think overall. Andrew Barry has set the Browns up for a very successful future. Kobe Altman looks like he might have done the same, but at the same time, it took so long to get there. Yeah. We have, currently, we're, we're running into Colin Sexton's last year on, on, under contract. He was here the, the year LeBron left, we drafted him, and we haven't figured out if we want to keep him or not. Obviously, he's hurt, so that, that puts a damper on things. But what do we do with him going forward? Darius Garland, I, I believe, is in what, year four now? Yeah. So he's in year four. He's just starting to look good. He's not going anywhere. Right, but I'm just saying in terms of how long it took these people to, to change, because the Cavs sucked for the last four years. They were terrible. One of the worst teams in basketball. So for me, it goes to Andrew Barry, because Andrew Barry came in year one, put great players on the field, got us to the playoffs. Uh, this year, his draft was incredible. What he did in free agency was great. He, he, he loaded up the defense. It took a little time to click, but the fact that it showed that it worked after – you know, half a season, the defense turned into one of the best in football. Yeah. So for me, that speaks volumes, and I think that just shows you what Andrew Barry's capable. So you're going of. Andrew Barry? I am. Kobe Altman too. Yeah. I like that, yeah. And again, with with the Guardians and Indians, no nothing to discredit them. They work with what they have. They they have limited money to spend. I think it's what uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. Yeah. Yeah. So you have limited money because of the Dolan's cheapness. So. You can only do with so much. But in regards, they've done an okay job with very little. But again, yeah, being able to scout, being able to uh, turn a player into something, I think speaks volumes for them and and their departments. But again, with baseball, you don't get instant results, and it's not like they've gone out of their way to get a free agent that turned the the team around or something like that. You know, so that for me, that's why a guy like Andrew Barry is going to take precedent here. Okay, yeah, just a question I was thinking about the other day. That's a good question. yeah. Yeah. I heard a question today too. It said, "Which which Cleveland team is closer to a championship?" The Cavs. You think? I think so. I think the Cavs are legit. Um, maybe one person, one piece away from making a deep run in playoffs and being dangerous. They're young. They're only going to get better. Um, Evan Mobley is going to be a fucking superstar for years to come. Um, I mean, Allen's going to be. He's he's already a superstar. You have a lot of pieces in place. I think you're missing one key piece, one young outside wing person. I, I think that's the piece, and, the, and you make a deep run. I think they're closer than the Browns are, sadly. I disagree. Okay. I'm going Browns because I, I, I while I agree with you, the Cavaliers are set up for success. Um, 
the Sexton injury hurts because I'm, I'm looking at the, the window of right now. So the Sexton injury hurts. The Ricky Rubio injury hurts. And like you said, not having that all-star wing player is so crucial in basketball. Yeah. You just you really need it. And they're extremely hard to find. Now, with that, so is finding a quarterback extremely hard. However, with some of the options out there, I do think there are a few players that immediately plugged in on this Browns team. You're a Super Bowl contender. And that would be like Deshaun Watson. As we know, I have a huge infatuation with Deshaun Hard Watson. Yes. He, I think, I, I argued this in the offseason. You and I had long conversations about why I wanted Deshaun Watson before the season even started. And I said that Deshaun Watson immediately makes us a Super Bowl contender because he's that good. He expands our offense with his legs. And the way the defense looked this year, they, were, they looked like a championship defense to me. The only thing holding us back was quarterback play. So if we would have gotten that Deshaun Watson... The Browns legitimately could be a Super Bowl contender right now at this very moment. We could be going into this weekend either with a game or with a bye week. Uh, the Cavs, I love them. They're young. I think the lack of experience in the playoffs is going to come back to kick them in the ass. I do think they're a couple years away. As you said, though, get those key wing, get a key wing player, build the depth. Uh, very well could be, but I think the Browns could have won a Super Bowl this year if they had the right quarterback. So that's why I'm going with the Browns a little I'm just closer. So used to the Browns getting in their own way. That's why I just yeah. feel like the Cavs have a better, um, an easier path to get there than, than the Browns do. But never say never, though. I mean, even with the Cavs, the, the, you gave these guys these big extensions, but you know how quick Dan Gilbert is on the trigger. We say this now: the Guardians are going to win the World Series next year. No fucking chance. <laughs> no fucking chance. All right, uh, not a whole lot else to talk about in the, in the world of the NBA. Kyrie Irving made his debut a couple of weeks ago, came back, and he got hurt already. Go figure. He hurt his ankle on a loose ball. He is questionable for tonight. They take on the Bulls. Um, I don't know why. That game's at, at 10 o'clock, which is weird to me. It's in Chicago, so they're only an hour behind us, so it's going to be 9 o'clock there. Is there a time game going on? No. I don't know. I didn't even really look. No. Just, just weird. I saw it's a 10 o'clock start. The but... Knicks Mavericks are playing. Yeah, that doesn't take precedent, I wouldn't Oh, think. and that's, that's why, because they're both ESPN games. Oh, I forgot. ESPN does Wednesday night games yep, now. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's why the Knicks-Mavericks are playing the ESPN game first game, and then the Bulls go on afterwards. Fair enough, but you'd almost think that the, the, the 10 o'clock game would be a West Coast game, not Midwest. But whatever. What do I know? Uh, it is just Nothing. funny, though, that uh, Kyrie Irving is hurt. He's come back. He's playing road games only because he can't play in New York. Great, great player. And tonight's a road game, and he's hurt. He, he might be able to play, but he is banged up, so it's kind of funny. It's just the, 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 the never-ending, revolving Kyrie Irving saga. Um, the one weird thing about Sunday night for me, watching the Cavs-Warriors game, was Danny Tanner died right before the game started. Oh, yeah. He was a huge Warriors fan in, in full house. R.I.P. Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget. What a crazy death that was. I mean, that was fucking... I was not expecting that. You see my meme I put up to that? That was funny. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I posted something that said like "R.I.P. Bob Saget." It was just a very sincere, normal post because yeah. I did, I, I respect Bob Saget's work. And like twenty minutes later, I looked over at Tara and I was like, "Fuck, I wish I wouldn't have done that." She's like, "Why?" I was like, "Cause I was gonna make a post that said something like, uh, not so full house anymore." <laughs> I, I was, I really wanted to do it almost immediately, but I didn't do it. I have too much respect for Bob Saget. There are, there are deaths that I will make fun of. I made fun of Betty White's death because, again, she was almost a hundred, like almost what just not there yet. same thing with like madden like john madden when he died like what what news do you expect to hear about them at that age like what's the next step in yeah next time john madden's name becomes trending on twitter it's only because he died right same thing with betty white for the most part turning 100 is a big a big ordeal 
She either had that going for her or death. Those were her only two options of things to do she in life. She had big things to look for this year. Yeah. I mean. And she's not going to get to any of them. Nope. Sadly not. So, but yeah, like the death of like Bob Saget was, was wild because he was doing his comedy show in Orlando. He just tweeted like 10 hours earlier. Tweeted about how much he loved it and then went to bed at his hotel. Didn't wake up. And died in his sleep. They, they, they're trying to ease the blow and they're like, well, at least he went to sleep. It was peaceful. You don't know that. I can't imagine that dying in your sleep is peaceful. Yeah. You still, if you have a fucking heart attack, it's gonna wake you up, and you're like, "Holy shit, I feel terrible," and then you're dead a couple minutes later. Right. right. I don't think you just lay there, you go to sleep, and then that's it. You just, oh, he just never woke up. Yeah. I feel like it's gotta be fucking awful. So you th- your money's on a heart attack. Yeah, they already said that they, they found nothing in the hotel room. They found him laying in the bed on his back with his left arm over his chest and his right arm just laying there. He just looked like he was in like a sleeping position almost. Uh, they found again nothing. Nothing to suspect foul play, no drugs, nothing. He seemed like a, a pretty clean-cut dude. Yeah, he did seem like a... He, I mean, maybe he liked the party, drank here and there, I mean, but he had a lot to live for. He was yeah, he was loving tour, life. He was starting his tour back up. He just, yep. he remarried a couple years ago. Yep. Had a beautiful wife, so... yeah, Young, I mean, very young. She is, I'm assuming... I don't know how that prenup works out, but she's either really set for life or she <laughs> is fucked. We'll see. Um, All right, yeah, with that being said... Let's get into our picks. All right. Wild card weekend 2022 starting it off. Let's do it. We have game one Saturday afternoon, 430. The Raiders taking on the Bungles. I like that. You sound like uh, a little Berman action. You yeah, like that? I hope geez. he doesn't sue me. I don't know if he has a copyrighted or whatever. Trademark. Going to get sued. I hope so. Raiders at Bengals, huh? That's that. Hot. <laughs> Give me the Raiders. You've been riding with them. Taking the Raiders here. I'm going with the whoops, I wrote the wrong team down for you. Um I'm going opposite. I figured you I'm would. going Bengals because Bengals just basically had a week off. Uh they sat a lot of their starters against the Browns in week eighteen. And the Raiders just went to almost I mean, they played five quarters. The game almost ended in a tie against the Chargers. Sunday night football, late as shit. Now they got to go right away to Friday to play or Saturday to play a game. I think they kind of blew their load on Sunday against the Chargers. I think the Bengals are just going to be a little more prepared. Again, having two weeks of rest essentially. So I'm just going to go with the Bengals or the home team. Pretty good matchup though. I expect it to be a pretty good game, but I am going to go with the Bengals. I've heard you say that about the Raiders a lot this year. And until let's see what happens. This is where <laughs> this is where all the money is to be made. This is uh, the real shit. I just got to stick with the Raiders because I've been riding with the Raiders most of the year at certain picks. So we're oh, going. so you wanted to do uh, like a punishment or a prize oh, yeah. at the end oh, of this. That changes, what do we... pick. that changes my pick now. I just thought of that. Uh, yeah, because as soon as you were, I realized we're going opposite, I was like, well, right, what's, a, a good, what's a good challenge this here? It's a fresh start. Oof. Um, let's see. So when we do this challenge, it will be after the Super Bowl. So we will be officially with Redline. So we will be. It's got to be something fun, something good for the viewers, uh, something we'll think about. Uh, I don't want it to be gross because we'll be probably we'll do it in studio yep. with them. Yep. So you don't want to. You, we, I don't know. We'll think of something. Yeah. Are you okay with waiting? But we'll I'm just have good something. With waiting. Since it is for punishment, I'm going to flip my pick now to. Oh, the you Bengals. are going with the Bengals. Flip okay. my pick to the Bengals. Okay. We have something on the line now. It's funny how when uh, there's something on the line, people <laughs> side with me. It's weird how that works. I did. <laughs> with you, I'm tie going for first. I'm literally our, going with. The, I'm going with the Vegas Facebook odds picks. here. I beat Kyle. By the way, I have the final standings. I'll give you those really quick. Our our. 2021-22 season standings. I finished with a very impressive 179-85 and one record, 
And Kyle, wop, wop, wow, 170, 94, and 1. Yeah. Not too far behind. So but a again, lot of swings at the end there to try yeah, to catch obviously, up. Yeah, obviously, he went for the home run a lot, as he needed to, to, to make up ground. That's the only way to do it. Um, but, yeah, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I won again. What uh, do you know? This blah, one, nothing blah. on the line. I still won. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're both going to go Bengals there, I think. that's uh, Yeah, that's safe pick. Safe pick. Next up, we have the division rival meeting for the third time this year. They split in the regular season. We're expecting another questionable weather performance, although not too windy from what I hear. Could be cold and snowy up in Buffalo. The Patriots taking on the Bills. This one was hard for me because the first game, I think, was just a fluke. It was just a weird, yeah, that, weird win, game. Mac Jones throwing the ball three times. It's, it's an anomaly. Yeah. You don't see it often. Then the second game, you saw the Bills' offense with how it needs to be ran. Yep. And here's my thought process: is now you've given Belichick time to plan for that offense because you've played so close with you. I think it was like three weeks ago you guys played. Two weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I forgot exactly, but yeah, it was very recent. I, it's hard. This is a coin toss. I am going to take. I'm taking. I'm taking New England. I think Belichick is going to have a good game plan against them. It's it's a close game Vegas wise too. I think it's four points, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Belichick is going to have a game plan to beat Buffalo now that he's seen uh, their offense at work. All right, I uh, I'm going opposite. I'm yeah, going Buffalo. Go. I just think Buffalo is the better team. Uh, I mean, I know they don't have a great run game, and obviously the playoffs are a different animal, especially when you're dealing with Bill Belichick. But I also just think that Mac Jones has kind of been exposed. As I said earlier when we talked about the the Patriots, I think the the Patriots' offense is just – it's not clicking like it was. I think Buffalo's going to be able to outscore them a little bit. I think Buffalo's offense is clicking pretty well, and their defense is looking good. Uh, I just think they're hot at the right time, and the Patriots are cold at the wrong time. So for me, I'm going Buffalo – uh, should be a fun game, though. I, I, I love when division rivals play yeah, each other. Yeah, it's going to be a fun to watch Saturday night. Yeah, a divisional, as we saw last year with the Browns, absolutely anally raping the Pittsburgh Steelers. I loved it. Division playoff games, fun. So I'm going Buffalo. Next up, we move to Sunday. We have the Philadelphia Flying Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one's pretty easy for me. We already saw this matchup once this season. I think kudos to Philadelphia for making the playoffs. However... It's time to face reality. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a, a Although close I, game. I'll say this. I'm going to start off early before the playoffs even start. I'm not expecting much out of the Buccaneers in this playoffs. Really? Be, too many injuries. They're too fucking banged up. They're getting, they got three people back. Yeah, nobody really of substance. I think losing Chris Godwin is huge. Antonio Brown's meltdown was huge. Uh, I mean, they have Mike Evans still. And then I, what's who's their number two wide receiver? Scotty Miller? Gronk. Well, I mean, receiver-wise. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, uh, getting Leonard Fournette back is, is is nice and all, but I I just I don't know. I think they have a little too much to overcome. They'll they'll get past the Eagles though. I think. Yeah, I, I'm taking I'm taking the Buccaneers here. All right, next up we go to the 4:30 game, the Red Hot Niners who just snuck in by the skin of their teeth. I can't teeth. believe this is not the the main game on Sunday, the prime time. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, that's a good good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm kind of fucking sick personally of watching the goddamn Steelers <laughs> in primetime. I get it. It's a playoff, so the game's going to be on. It's going to be televised regardless. You could have put them on in the fucking 1 o'clock game, though. I mean, the one good thing for me is I think they did this. No, they did this Oh, we go to bed early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kansas City's going to beat the piss out of the Steelers, and I get to go to sleep by halftime. So thank you, NFL. I appreciate this. It is a work night. How did you know? It lets me recharge my batteries for the Monday night game. Uh, but this one, though. 
Niners Cowboys should be a really good game. What a coin toss! You have here. a good defense on both sides. Better defense, in my opinion, for San Francisco. You have a very strange offense with San Francisco. You have a quarterback who's yeah. limited. You're, you're, they're not really much of a passing threat. But then you have Debo Samuel, who is just an incredible player. He's turned into one of the best wide receiver running backs in football. I mean, yeah. what he's been able to do with that offense is crazy. Their run game is spectacular in, in San Francisco. And let's be honest, Dallas did not have a very good history when it comes to playoff games, especially round one. No, not at all. That's the other thing. Dallas is known to choke. They, they're they coming in again. They just they had a huge win against Philadelphia last week, but the last few weeks, so they've kind of struggled a little bit. Like they 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 can't close games. They get out to big leads and they can't hold them. So this one's tough. This is another one where I'm kind of going. I I, I want to pick against the Cowboys for sure because you have. I mean, you have Mike McCarthy, who's a Super Bowl champion with the Packers, so he has the experience. But the players on the Cowboys don't really have the playoff experience. Then you have the Niners, who do have all that experience. Kyle Shanahan took them to a Super Bowl just a few years ago with Jimmy G, with with Nick Bosa. You have most of these guys still on the team. Ooh, this is tough. I think I'm going to have to go with the Niners. Yeah, I was I was back and forth on this one too. Uh, and also, I hate that the Cowboys are America's team, quote-unquote. I'm sick of seeing them hyped up all the time. Seeing them lose would just really bring me some joy. Yeah, I was back and forth on this one, but I mean, we've both kind of rode with the 49ers most of the years, ever since our prep talk to Kyle Shanahan at the beginning of the season. He listened when we talked about, is he potentially getting fired and because he's not doing this, this, right this. Now. now they're in the playoffs, and they're one of the better road teams in football. They actually kind of suck yeah, they, at home. They're better at on the road yeah. than they are at home. Yeah, I'm going to 49ers here. It's going to be a close game, though. Now that gets us to Sunday night, I think we could make this one short Fuck and sweet. This game. If only Ben would have made it short and sweet with those women in bathrooms, he would uh, probably have a different boom, legacy. Boom. Steelers, Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. Uh, I don't think it'll be as ugly as it was the first time they played because that was a regular season who gives a fuck kind of game. Obviously, this one has a little more on the line. Uh, I just think they either have the greatest, luckiest horseshoe up their asses or they come to reality this week, and I think they're going to come to reality. So I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs here by by 17 points. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be – when I say it's not going to be as big of a blowout, I think it's still going to be a game where, again, uh, you can go to bed early. Monday Night Football. It's going to be a fun game. I'm very excited. I love that the NFL did this. They moved into a Monday night game for the playoffs, which I think is awesome. First time ever, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, first time. Get to watch something, which is great because it does suck when you have Wild Card Week and it's Saturday, Sunday, and then you have the rest of the week to just talk about it. Now it's like Saturday, Sunday. I have all day Monday to talk about it. Then another game coming up. I fucking love it. I can't have too much football. I am completely an addict. I'm a junkie when it comes to football. When we had that week with the COVID games where there was football on Thursday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Monday, Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday. I was in fucking heaven. <laughs> and then I had Wednesday off, right back to more football on Thursday. Really made it hard for for fantasy. It was a quick turnaround for like... It was tough, especially with all... I mean, COVID in general made fantasy football fucking crazy this year. It's all right, champion right here. This guy. Yeah, in, in an asterisk year with COVID. Yeah, congrats right. to Kyle. I won. Hey, it's I mean, okay. a win's a win. <laughs> Unless you're Barry Bonds and some stats That's don't true. matter. Asterisks but, is really yeah. do prevent you. They are legit. I think they hold up in court. I'm not sure. Sadly. But Monday Night Football, another... Division rival. I love it. These teams have already played twice this year. Two really good split, games. Split it, right? I, th- I believe so. Yeah, yeah. The, the last time they faced off on Monday Night Football. Yeah. The Rams dominated. Of course, we're speaking of the Cardinals-Rams. Monday Night Football, the Cardinals have been struggling as of late. They actually yep. just lost to the, the Seahawks on Sunday. Talk about a team that came out of the gates is on fire. They were undefeated. Best team in football. I mean, Kyler Murray was a fucking lock for MVP if you yeah. talk to anybody in week yeah. six. yeah. 
Now Kyler Murray is, uh, you kind of forget that he's even, that they made the playoffs, honestly, because of how poorly they've been performing. Uh, a couple guys, they might be getting back from injury. DeAndre Hopkins is not one of them. And I think without DeAndre Hopkins, they are kind of fucked on offense. They have James Conner's been kind of banged up at running back. J.J. Watt's supposed to be, he was he was supposed to practice this week, potentially coming off the IR, but it's not looking like he's going to play. But again, nobody cares. And again, yeah, nobody gives a shit about J.J. Uh, Watt. He has well over the hill. So I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, Rams is an easy pick for me. I think the Rams are hitting a stride. I think they're going to be fun to watch. Um, depending on what their matchup is, second round. They might not make it past the second round, depending on who they're matched up with, but no, I for sure they're winning this game. All right, that is... We got is, one difference. Uh, that's we it. Got the, this is where I could either take my lead. I don't know. Do you want to do like like five points per round or like the, the points change? What is it? Like first round will do one point, well, second round will do two. Facebook thing, I point? didn't get to read it all because I saw it as soon as I got home, so we'll go over it later. But yeah, either way, Kyle and I will agree on some points. We'll agree on a punishment. We'll talk about it another time. Again, want to bookend the show, start and finish, thanking Redline for having us be a part of the team. And we look forward to the the opportunities in the future that's going to be coming with it. So many potentials. We will be doing Wednesday nights again during the off season. We'll be bi weekly. We'll come in for special events during the football season. We'll be weekly. The show will be from nine to ten thirty. Yeah, with a little leeway going longer if we need to. Yeah. Yeah, but nine to ten thirty, hour and a half. Uh, can't wait. Honestly, yeah. I'm excited. It's I'm pumped. So with that being said, we're going to end this now, and talk to you again next week. Have a good one.